It's Don's Pinball Podcast, now available in Cherry Caramel Delight. Man, this week is off to a rolling, rip-roaring start, man. We just got that uh, gameplay footage from Jaws. It's all blowing up now. I'm up to 95 of these freaking episodes for everybody. And we got more news and views to cover, so I had to do a whole other episode. Uh, shout out to Jengas for that action this morning. If you haven't checked it out, Retro Django up on YouTube. Uh, me and him did a collab and did a whole breakdown um, of the Jaws uh, live stream video and release. I'll get into uh, more of my reviews and 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 views and insight on uh, how all that went, especially everybody else coming up in a bit, uh, you know, but go check that out. Um, but funny enough, during our recording, he was getting blown up uh, with messages regarding some other rumors that I can't wait to talk about. And I'm hot on the heels of Nap Arcade. He's already got the articles up there. So if you want to check them out in a written format, go to, you know, my boy Jason's site. You know where to find him. Number one, dude. In the uh, you know content reporting space, I believe. Uh, so let's just talk about a little bit of uh, investigating I've done on my own that hasn't been reported anywhere else. Uh, Pulp Fiction game, uh, popular to you and me. We all know it. Um, Ten people have played it outside of shows, whatever. It's on order. Uh, so when is this thing being made? I've been joking um, recently that I'm looking for 2025 uh, to get my game. The reason I say that is because we've essentially been told that uh, back in October... Uh, games are going to be leaving the factory like the first few SKUs or whatever. They did that reveal that they have the golden sample made, right? The the template from which all the other ones are going to be made. And then, you know, October comes and goes with nothing, goes into November. December was really busy. We're here in January like, hey, wait a minute. Weren't we told back in September that October was when they were really going to get started? So I, uh, I I peruse Pinside. I look at the marketplace um, just to keep an eye on the market. What's going on with the you know, prices of games up, down, sideways? You know, how much can you get a Bond 60th for? That kind of thing. You know, and I see these advertisements that distributors put up there. And, uh, you know, they're, they're trying to go out there and, uh, you know, there's a bunch of Mandalorian premiums with toppers listed for $7,000. You know, but they still put out their ads saying, oh, you know, MSRP, 9500 We have them in stock, new in box, no mods, come and get it. And it's like, who's buying these, man? Uh, but anyway, I saw one from uh, Great American Pinball, a distributor in the northern Illinois region. Uh, for a Pulp Fiction Standard Edition, asking for deposits, right? Thousand bucks, two thousand bucks, whatever it is. And so I uh, just uh, mentioned to guy, and I was like, "Hey, you know, have you heard, you know, about a production update? You know, last time we heard was several months ago that they're supposed to be starting. To date, we haven't seen anything leaving. We're into a new year now. We're over a week in now. So you know, everybody's back from the holidays. Uh, you know, hiring should have happened. Like, what's going on? You know, is there an update?" And so I just got a message back today saying that uh, it's looking like later this month, games will start coming out. So there's an update. I thought that was interesting. Uh, this is for the standard edition as well. So, you know, we weren't sure, you know, we being humanity, if uh, <laughs> they were going to follow, you know, the stern tradition of getting a couple of pros out early and then going for the, the limited edition, the high dollar ones, satisfying all those orders, you know, printing those huge toppers and then getting back out and to get caught up with just all the standard folks, us plebes with only eight grand kicking around and not nine. Um, but uh, what it said is uh, the standard edition play uh, Pulp Fiction is in production this month. That's what I've heard from a distributor. Um, so great American pinball though. There you go. Um, that's interesting. Uh, that would be great if true. And if true, if, you know, in production this month, we'll give them till the end of the month. If they get a game out, then we should start seeing locations pop up in the beginning of February. Uh, so that's what I'll be looking for. 
the reason I really want to know, like, you know, they're going to make a good game. that's going to come out a good build. Um, their CGC is known for that. That's no secret. Um, but, you know, it helps out customers like myself if I can get a sense on when this game is going to come due because that's when the final payment will be due, right? You know, we've got what deposits in there. I've seen between $500 to $2,000 uh, distributors are taking of non-refundable deposits, and then you're going to have to come and pay that balance. So it would be nice uh, to know that I don't have to, you know, sit on this nest egg of money if it's still going to be eight months away. You know, I'm free to kind of, you know work it up once I get there. Uh, I pre-ordered this game in June. You know, I was, I was out uh, trekking through the Alps and I'm like, I got to have a Pulp Fiction. I'm having a great time. I'm in a super awesome mood. Maybe the air was thin up in the Alps there, but yeah, I went ahead and got one. Uh, and, uh, you know, back then in June, you know, the money was allocated. No problem. You know, I'll get paid here. Bonuses come out here, whatever, you know, it's it, in my head. It all worked. Uh, but now we're, you know, six, eight months later, and a lot of things that happened between now and then. I mean, Expo came and went. Tons of new games dropped. Labyrinth wasn't even a uh, glint in anybody's eye in June. And then here we are with it. Uh, we've got more games that are dropping. So it would be nice to know, like, if, you know, something brand new comes out in the next two or three weeks. Am I safe to go on that knowing that it's still going to be another year before I'll have to come up with that payment for Pulp Fiction? Or or not? Like, you know, and, and they can totally ballpark this. And I think the way to do it is to say... You know, hey, it's time for our bi-monthly update. Here's kind of where things sit right now. Uh, pencil it in for around here. And then, you know, two months later, hey, visiting back again. Here's kind of what happened. And here's a little tighter uh, range, you know. And then a ballpark is getting smaller as we get closer to the date that you're going to have to come up with the money. Uh, that makes sense to me. Especially like, you know, if I've got this money for Pulp Fiction in June when I pre-order, and it's not going to be June until the next year, well, let me use that money to get another game in the meantime, play through it, live stream it, mod it up, have fun with it. And then when I'm kind of done, if it coincides with the time that my new game comes, I could pass it on to another owner, and then there I go. You know, my money wasn't just sitting there, you know, not being invested or something. <laughs> I at least got something to play in the meantime. You know, that being said, this is all coming out of like the, the play money budget, uh, not the investing budget. You know, don't don't sacrifice your investments um, for uh, pinball. But on the other hand, YOLO is a philosophy. So if that's yours, who am I to tell you how to live? Uh, what else do we got on the docket today? Uh, Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, okay. So let's talk about this. <clears throat> John Papaduke. I'm not going to get into the whole story or anything. Uh, but you know this guy. Made these games for Bally Williams and they, some of the most amazing games ever made. Tales of the Arabian Nights full stop, right? Uh, Circus Voltaire, among others. And then uh, went on to spin off his own company, which never really came to full fruition. Uh, were things uh, that led to Magic Girl, uh, Retro Atomic Zombie Adventureland, and this Alice in Wonderland. Can we even call it a white wood? It looks like a cardboard wood. <laughs> All right, so there's a paper wood version of Alice in Wonderland with Zombie Yeti's first pinball art uh full design, you know, so uh, black and white outlines, not colored in or anything, um, but it exists out there as a relic of the, the the pinball multiverse, right? We're in this timeline where, you know, Loki must have snapped his fingers and we ended up in this this tangent, right? Where there there isn't a fully playable magic girl that, that doesn't have huge problems um, and, and Raza never came to be and we never got a pin pod and, uh, and uh, Alice in Wonderland is, is the, the casualty here. So somebody... 
um, I guess has access to build this thing and has the the plans and what have you and what other assets might be there. And uh, uh, I guess it's coming out with it. So that's all we know, kind of. Nothing, none of this is official. Uh, but this has been circulating around the YouTubes today. It's been up on NAP. So it, it's a thing, you know, and it seems reasonable. What we don't know is who this is coming from. But we do know people that do know where it's coming from. And although they have non-disclosure agreements and can't tell me, rightfully so, the details, they seem really excited about it. And that excites me. You know, when people I reasonably trust that have some inside info, um, you know, I'm respecting their boundaries, but I look for their excitement, their exuberance. If they're like, I I just can't tell you anymore, then I'm like, all right, cool, I'm kind of bummed out then. But if they're like, dude, it's it's going to be soon, but I can't say anything yet, I get excited. I get excited because they're excited and they know more than me. So it may not ever even happen. Nothing's official. But somebody's making this thing. So who is it? Uh, apparently, the strong rumor is that this is a new company, okay, which is exactly what we need in pinball is, you know, a 75th company. Uh, But who could it be? So this is where I get into my speculation mode. I'm good at reading people, reading markets, market pressure, like what would make sense? Occam's razor being a philosophy to live by, you know, the the, the, the most likely answer is probably the one. Um, So we do know that there's this Dutch group, and we do know that the Netherlands is a pinball country, right? Dutch pinball is there. Uh, the Dutch Pinball Museum is there. Like these are people that like really know pinball, are passionate about it, and uh, people that make great games and have some resources. Um, they've gone through some stuff to get to where they are. So uh, the fact that they're sticking around uh, means something. So there's a group of Dutch folks. Haven't met them, um, but they were able to get uh, the, uh, the 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 the. What do you even call them? Zombie relics? The, the, the versions of Magic Girl that exist. And they were able to go in there to that you know broken bunch of mashed potatoes of a code and put together something rudimentary that worked and, and, and get the mechanisms like 95%. So at least there's like uh, sometimes a functional Magic Girl to flip and play. Uh, so I'm thinking that whoever those people are probably have a say in this. Um, they're probably looking at Magic Girl, which is... You know, if you've never played it, which is most of humanity, it's got some fatal flaws to it. Um, there was some you know, big ideas about mechanisms, magnets, levitating balls, and it just didn't quite work. And the, the effort required to pull it off is just way too much that anybody should ever invest in the project. So it probably will never happen in its final form as it should have been. Um, but I think a lot was gained in that process of bringing it up to code and bringing it into shows and, and dissecting this thing and getting into it and learning the architecture or whatever's involved in that. So I think, you know, while you're playing with Magic Girl in this big stacked plastic um, shooter lane birthday cake looking strange thing in the middle of the play field, they're probably looking over at other assets um, that this guy was also involved in. And there's Alice in Wonderland, Zombie Yeti Art. Uh, it looks like it has a much more conventional type layout, you know, ramps, plastic uh, ramps, um, you know, and other mechanisms that don't involve, you know, high voltage ball levitations that don't work and things like that. So they're probably saying, you know what, uh, we'll take what we've learned with Magic Girl, let's apply it to Alice in Wonderland and turn that into something. And so that that is what I think is happening. So uh, this, if this is the Dutch group that's doing it, which makes the most sense to me, I'm sure they've got friends over there in that factory um, with Dutch Pinball. We know Dutch Pinball creates some pretty good quality uh, out of their facility. They've got good cabinetry, good builds, good mechanisms, good imagination. They, they, they do get games out. So maybe like a partnership where this is, could actually be built at Dutch Pinball 
under the auspices of this new company um, associated with these dudes that may be associated with the Dutch Pinball Museum. I don't have all the pieces here. Um, you know, I've got I've got uh, uh, you know, push pins on the wall and yarn at this point, and my own my own imagination. But let's say that's happening. Now it could just be as it could be just as easy that uh, David Fix and the group there at Aimtron are throwing this thing together right now, put it in boxes, and you know they're they're going to do a reveal where they rip off the cabinet art of these Houdinis, and we find out oh they were Alice in Wonderlands the whole time. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. But let's see what happens. And and if I'm right, that'd be that'd be kind of that'd be something interesting. So I'm going to put that out there. We don't know. But we're probably going to find out soon. Like, I'm hearing the next few weeks something might come out, like between now and the end of February. Uh, so let's put a hard stop in February. Is by, the, we, by the time we get there, I think we're going to have a whole lot more details about what's going on regards to this. So that's exciting. Is this a game you would want? Um, I'm hearing numbers are going to be around 500. Like, not a huge build. You know, half of what Labyrinth is doing. Which would put it on the rare spectrum. You know, Rick and Morty is only 750. America's Most Haunted only 150. So between there, which uh, if this is a quality build built in low numbers, it may be marketed more to the collector's market, which might uh, might drive up the price of it. So it may be kind of a pricey, fun thing to have for the guy or gal that has everything already. So let's look for that as we go into the first and second quarter of this year. Uh, I think if we get an announcement soon, um, this game would be in production probably soon as well. And there may be one at the Texas Pinball Festival. That would all line up to me. I can see a through line where all this is reality. And let's see if that happens. I think that would be fun. How would you love to go to TPF and have Papa Duke's Alice in Wonderland, the Lost Relic, uh, rehashed and brought forward? What else do we got? I'm reading off a text message here that I I feverishly typed out this morning. Uh, So let's get to the Pedretti announcement. So when's that coming? Sometime in the next two weeks is what people are reporting Right, I don't have any details or I know what they're doing other than Padretti has got license from Planetary Pinball to build some Belly Williams games, but not the ones that are inked with Chicago Gaming Company, of which we don't know which ones those are either. And this could be anything from Twilight Zone to, I guess, Diner. Um, but more likely than not, it's something fairly awesome. So what would be the best Bally Williams game to make? Um, Adam's Family, Twilight Zone, of course. People throw those around. Um, But what about something that also has a 2.0 kit that was made for it? Uh, Something like uh, Tales of the Arabian Nights? Wasn't that a game that they did a 2.0 kit? I kind of remember seeing something at my first TPF two years ago uh, where they were were selling or demoing something about a 2.0 kit for um, the, uh, the Tales. Uh, Toten, the Tales of the Arabian Nights. Uh, what a fantastic game that is, too. I mean, of all like the Bally Williams games, you know, Twilight Zone is loaded with mechanisms. I get it. I get it. Adam's Family has that strong license. It plays reasonably okay. Um, but Toten is just like the full experience. When I rediscovered pinball as an adult, it was through the pinball arcade on my PlayStation, and the free game that was included with that download was Tales of the Arabian Nights. And so that really woke me up to what's been going on in pinball over the last 10 to 15 years, you know, when I didn't have a laser focus on it. So that would be a great jumping off point, just like a solid title. Uh, People would love it. If they could churn out quality and churn out numbers, I think there's no way this doesn't print money. Um, and if you got the bonus of already have done uh, updated code for it, so you have the option of playing the OG game or the updated code game, I mean, guys, I, I think I think that, to me, is the Occam's Razor. I think that makes the most sense. So I think sometime in the next two weeks, we're going to see a Totan release. So set your money aside. 
if you want to go into one of those. I don't have any official word, word or information. Um, you know, I have heard from some people that supposedly know, and they've told me nothing because they can't, and I respect that, and that allows me to be just as surprised when I see it. But it doesn't stop me from speculating, and that's what we do here. But I could see that making sense. Um, you know, going all in on a Twilight Zone, you know, with whatever's involved in that license, with the wide body, adding extra complexity, complexity um, plus a lot of the mechanisms and sculpts and things you would have to make, versus a Totan, which is uh, a more modern game. Um, plus, they may already have some experience with the architecture. Uh, I don't see them doing Funhouse. I don't know that that would be a huge seller, even though they did Rudy's Nightmare. I don't know if Dredging Whirlwind out would be a great idea right now. Uh, maybe down the road. But I think for the first game to really plant your flag and get a successful run and get non-refundable pre-orders, I think that's the game you make. Uh, so that's what I would do if I'm them. I'm not. I hardly speak any bit of Italian. Um, but that's kind of where I would think of that. Let's move on down uh, my, my text list here and see what else we got. Um, all right, so... <laughs> this game called Jaws launched last week during Stern Shark Week, uh, which was, that was fun. Uh, so I was talking with uh, our, our, for our good friend in the industry, Colin from the Kineticist, uh, and he did mention, uh, he did help me out with a couple of things. Uh, so my first take was, what are they doing? This, uh, this limited edition trailer leaked early, and then that's all everybody was seeing, and we were waiting for Stern's official word. Meanwhile, it was kind of souring everybody because the, the images weren't the best quality. You know, it might not have been the final build that was in that trailer. Like, let, get out in front of this and release the information now so, like, we know. Um, because uh, early on the launch, and what we find out to, to be the case with the premium at least, if you wanted to get one of those first batches, you had to be on the phone with your distributor, with the deposit, ready to go before anything was even officially revealed. Um, and so because of that, like, I wasn't just going to commit money to a game that I really hadn't even seen just the, the trailer come out officially um so you know by the time it did come around i was like hey let me let me put my toe in the water and see if any premiums might be available they weren't right and then we're hearing this is going to be june until they come out again so i was like why didn't they just get out right ahead of it and just be like here's everything now as we go on the week we'll have gameplay videos as we go on the week we'll have uh you know uh, backstory history featurettes and things but here's all the assets here's the pictures of the game here's the here's what the different translites look like pick your poison and go get a deposit right now like that's what i wanted to see and so Colin was setting me straight saying, you know, the, the, the marketing idea from them was if we can slowly drip feed this throughout the week, we can keep this topic fresh in everybody's mind for a full week. And I think that's what they were looking at doing. So like every day, something a little bit, a little more of a nugget would drip out a little bit of a, a, a drip of chum from the bucket. Got to be careful with that word. Um, you know, would keep us satiated and going and building all week. So we'd spend a whole week just talking and this, and it would dominate the news cycle as it is. Um, and, and that was probably the point. So thanks, Colin, for setting me straight on that. It's a perspective I did not consider. Um, that being said, you got to move quickly though. <laughs> when, when this thing, I mean, it was everywhere, you know, I heard Stern reached out to a couple of content people and asked them to pull the videos, but like, there's no putting that cat back in the barn, man. I mean, once that was out, that was out. I think a pivot and just own it and let's let's get ahead of it or try to catch up would have been the the play to make. Um, but when you're a big successful corporation like this, you can't always twist and pivot on a dime. You know, you got to meet with the committee, get approvals. Um, you know, and, and then you know, follow the hierarchy and consider all the aspects and then make those decisions. And and sometimes you're in a situation where there's not a 
right decision. There's just a, a, a most best decision or a least worst decision. And that takes some hemming and hawing back and forth around, among multiple parties to come to fruition. So that's probably what happened. Regardless, we are through it now. We got everything released. Uh, we got the pictures. We know what the translates look like. We know that the Pro and the LE have the same graphic on the translate. Of course, the LE will be the mirrored back glass version. And going for it, the Pro and the, the LE, that, that's, that's the art of JAWS, redone by Michael Bernard. Um, so, you know, you're getting, yes, it is the old the movie poster, but like completely remastered. So it's going to look awesome in person. The art on the side of the LE cabinet, it's got that shinner, shinner, shimmer in <laughs> that shine. So the thing is going to sparkle when you see it. I think they'll probably have some faint glitter in that powder coat, that white powder coat. So I think it's going to look much more boss than it looks, or at least what we saw a glimpse of in that live stream, which will go down in history as, as one of Elwin's moments of his life. So I was, let me, let me set the scene, right? So I had just settled in. I'm coming up on 8 p.m. Central Time, and I'm like, got my popcorn ready. I'm like, okay, we're going to see a live stream gameplay of Jaws. We're going to see the mode, see the shots. We're going to see how that, that right outlane ball save works. I can't wait. I'm going to see what the shark does. Where's this big moment that we're going to build to? Elwin's playing it, so we're going to see the modes, completion of the modes, the match screen, all of it. We're going to see all of it. And, you know, we get into the end of that first ball, which took him 10, 12 minutes. And then it was like, all right, well, that's Jaws. See you later. And just stream end. Just fade to black. What was going on? Um, you know, now it, it's hard to be a, a, a top-notch pinball player and a top-notch broadcaster simultaneously. You know, focus on the ball, make your shots, but also stay you know, entertaining and live. That's why these group sessions work so well. When you have somebody like, you know, um, you know, a Josh Sharp or something talking about the game of Pulp Fiction while people are playing it. So you've got good players playing and, and, and good players talking about it so they can focus on one thing at a time. Um, it comes across as much more compelling like the Pulp Fiction live stream was or even the Venom live stream at San Diego Comic-Con with uh, the whole Dead Flip crew and the Stern crew, um, you know, Jack Danger, JD to his friends, uh, you know, who's out there, you know, trying, you know, being like, you know, a generally entertaining guy as he is, plus also good players playing. And, and, and it was a mix of like, you know, pro level players, um, streamer level players, and then like average people too. So you're like, okay, I'm getting a sense of what this game is. You know, now I'm starting to imagine what this game is like if it's in my game room. Does it does it make a good fit for me based on that? And that helps you make that financial decision, whether it's for your location, your bar, your home, your grandma's house, or your Airbnb, whatever you want to do with it. Um, maybe uh, get a GoFundMe and throw it off Todd Tookie's roof. What you know, you do you, boo. Don't let me tell you <laughs> where to go. Um, you know, but that's that's what was missing. So it was so weird seeing 15 minutes of here's some great gameplay, here's some of the modes, um, and then there it goes. And, and I will say this, and I, I coined this phrase uh, with with well, I didn't coin it, but I did bring it up on uh, Jengis' uh, collaboration video that we did on YouTube today, and that's the phrase anticipation. It's a portmanteau um, of anticipation and disappointment. Now. It's not that Jaws is a bad game. I think Jaws is a great game. It's just, it's not as great as I had led myself to be believing that it would be. Um, case in point, pretty early on in the stream, we see the shark come up underneath the Sopranos boat in the middle of the play field. And it's like, here it is. The shark is busted through the play field. This is what you want to pay that premium money for. To have this moment of this monster erupting from the depths. And then, uh, you know, one ball went into him, and then he just shrunk right back underneath like nothing had happened. Uh, like, like, Shark would just, like, it was Peekaboo Shark, right? Shark's playing Peekaboo. 
pops up. Hey, guys, what's going on? Oh, we're done? Okay, bye. And, like, when I saw that, I was like, uh, <laughs> it was like the moment that my, my enthusiasm, which was just sky high at the beginning of the stream, just just went down the maelstrom whirlpool, man. Just 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 faded away with that shark. Like that that was it. That was the big moment of the game. And and maybe it's not. Maybe you know he comes back three times, and the third time is when the red lights flash, the curtain goes up, and churning and burning, we yearn for the cup. Like maybe that's what's coming later. But we only got the first ball, and then it was gone. Um, you know, uh, we we certainly did learn that the Jaws crew likes Old Spice and Chum because we saw that video several times. Shout out to Carrie Hardy, thank you for the work that you do. That was hilarious. Um, you know, just good natured uh, rib poking. You know, don't be don't be mad at me, Stern. Don't come at me. Um, but uh, this idea, like this was this was Jaws. This was the 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 chosen one that was coming. This was the follow up to Godzilla, the full cornerstone. You know, it's it's Elwin, man. They're gonna give him an unlimited build of materials. He's gonna be able to put things in there that we don't see in other games. Venom's just a placeholder, man. Wait till we get to Jaws. Jaws is coming. It's gonna be Elwin. It's it's his triumphant return from Godzilla, man. And so, like, it's probably unreasonable to expect any game to live up to that level of intense hype. So there was so much anticipation going into it. And then when you see the peekaboo shark, it's like, how can you not just be disappointed in that? Because you're expecting, I don't know, ball gobbling or, or, or flames coming out of his mouth or, or, like, you know, his throat lighting and strobing and, like, music and, and, and haunting sounds and, like, excitement. And it's just kind of like, here it is, there it goes. Uh, and so that just, because that was a letdown to what I had led myself to expect, I suffered a case of anticipation with Jaws. And again, not that it's a bad game. The shots look fun. Um, I want to see more about that wave ramp because uh, that's really got to function. Um, it's going to put people or it's going to put people right off. Um, you know, there's always the discussion on, should I get a pro? Should I get a premium? This is an Elwin game, man. For home, premium is what you want. That's how you get the building that destroys. That's how you get the the, the full sculpt mecha Godzilla that grabs a ball in his belly. That's how you get the ramp that turns 90 degrees. Like, all the, like, the cool stuff is in the premium. And here, like, one of the coolest aspects of getting this premium version is the shark. And the shark peekaboos up and down out of the play field. And if, like, that's it, that is not worth it, man. Not when you can have that big shark from the pro just always there in your face and go ahead and you still smash him. Like, if all the shark does is pop up for one shot and go back down, then you might as well just have the boat there and not even have it, you know? Like, am I wrong? Email me. gmail.com. Tell me how wrong I am. Tell me how I'm missing this. Um, but then without the shark being very impressive, you're left with that um, epic upper play field of the Orca. It's got some cool shots in it, the horizontal spinner. Um, you can access uh, three different ball paths from that exit. It doesn't look like it slows the ball down that much with that little uh, zigzag that it goes into it. So yeah, it looks like fun, man. Um, but is it $3,000 of fun, given how lackluster the, the shark is? Ah, that's hard to say, you know. Uh, there's a lot of pluses to getting the pro. Since you don't have that upper play field in, in a way, you can get that vista out to the back of the game play field where you can see the other half of Amity Harbor. I do really like that. I think Michael did a great job on that. And you just can't see it with the Orca because half the, the back plate of the play field is missing because the boat is sticking out there with that ramp. So I don't know, man. You know, uh, Gonzo uh, from Gonzo's Pinball Flipperama made a very good point that the premium versions when it comes to Stern is the full featured game. It has everything in there that was designed to be in there for the game, and the pro has things that are stripped away. So if you're going to own the game, if you get the premium, you get the game the way that the designer was intending it to be before things had to then be pulled away. And I think there's truth to that. Um, and so, like, that's what I would want. But at this point, 
that shark is just going to make me angry every time I see it because I'm going to want to hit it. I want to. I'm going to want to interact with it, and and I want it to shake or die or do something. And it's just you know, oh, it's time to go back to bed. Tired shark. You know, I mean, look at the Demogorgon from Stranger Things, man. That the, the screen pops down, turns into a ramp, launch balls up there. You can smash into them. You can roll over and break the opto, or you can put the ball straight down the gullet and kill him immediately. And it's like he shakes and screams, and it's like a thing. It's like a moment. And when, when nothing, uh, I was expecting the, the the shark to have a squeak like a dog toy when you hit it, like that's it. And then I don't know, man. So that was the gist of what I was thinking about, Jaws. Uh, here's the practical parts of it. If you want a pro, you can go get a pro. If you want an LE, you may still be able to find one here or there. If you want a pro, those are mostly gone now um, due to uh, part concerns. I don't know what part it's going to be. It's going to be something that's in common with the the, the premium and the LE. So an upper play field part, uh, you know, the, the, something related to the shark mechanism that needs to come from China. It's in short supply that they couldn't just go ahead and do a thousand premiums right now. I think they're only doing a couple of hundred, um, you know, with more to come in June. Now that may just be a buffer so that they know by June, they'll definitely have the parts to do a full run. We might see a run pop up in March for all I know. Um, but for right now, um, if you wanted a premium, you had to know that you wanted it before you even knew anything about the game, uh, which, which is frustrating. Uh, because, you know, once I saw it and I was like, yeah, I do think I want to take a crack at this. I love how that shark looks. Uh, you know, I like how it looked in the video. I'm, I'm benefiting of the doubt that the code's going to be there when it comes out. So I was looking at finally getting one. By then they were gone. And I'm being told June. And for me, when I'm thinking June, am I going to want January's game in June? When the, like, the next Stern Cornerstone is going to be out in June? When Alice in Wonderland is going to be released? When Totan or whatever Padretti is doing? Um, you know, when Labyrinth is sitting downstairs? Uh, when Pulp Fiction might be finally leaving the factory, uh, when, you know, who knows what other games will pop up between now and then. Like, that's a hard decision to be in, and, and that's where I'm at. Now, this is all very first world problem, because, you know, I still have pinball machines to play, and then that's fantastic. Um, so I can't be mad, but it's just, uh, like, that was part of it. Uh, and that was also a joke, too. When they showed the, uh, the, the recording session with Richard Dreyfus. that was fantastic that they got him. He came in. He was doing recordings of uh, the call-outs. Um, but I don't know if it – I can't tell if they were trolling or if it was really just this matter-of-fact that this poor guy was just sitting there just reading off a sheet, you know, jackpot, super jackpot, you know, super double jackpot, ball save, shark fin attack, drop target attack. Like, just going through it. You know, it seems like he was just doing like warm up your voice, read through it once, and then let's do the one with the commotion. You know, because uh, when I think callouts, I'm thinking you know like the Foo Fighter New Orleans callouts. I'm thinking like medieval madness callouts, double super jackpot. Like that's what I you want to hear. You you know, if you're doing well on a pinball machine, you want the machine to tell you. The uh, John Kritzow from uh, NBA Jam fame, he did the callouts for Elvira's House of Horrors, man jackpot all those different voices and everything it's all him and it's like they're all great they're all different he's playing different characters um you know so i like that they got the the dry guy to come in and and record but if that's what they got then i i think finding a voice actor who can do a similar facsimile um and just punch it up a bit would go a long way now the good news is all this can be fixed in code uh audio files can be updated uh lighting can be updated music can be updated the interaction of the mechanisms and the coordination and the synchronization with all these can be updated later so what we have is not what we're going to land on um but the shots are the shots and 
I'm worried about the wave ramp. Okay, that's the way to access the upper play field. A full 180 to the top of that play field, and it's not short. Um, and it looks to be at least as tall as, as the Venom 180 ramp from the premium. Um, and, and, and that rejects sometimes, even with uh, you know what seems to be a clear shot right into it. So the fact that you've got to rip up this lane, do a full 90-degree turn, and then still navigate the, uh, the half-moon ramp, you know, if it's a solid orbit-type shot, you can carry that velocity, no problem. Um, you can. But can you? You know, I, I didn't haven't I don't have a sense on how wide that lane is to open, uh, you know, to get in there, how clean of a shot that needs to be. But I did see Elwin brick it a couple times in a row, and he's like amazing, and I'm like exceedingly average. Um, so if if I go in on a premium and I've got a peekaboo shark that's not very compelling, and I've got an upper play field that I can't even get to, uh, you know, one out of five times or something that's going to really put a huge wet towel on the whole game. And I hope that's not the case. Uh, we won't know until we get some um, regular people playing this game. So I've extended uh, you know, I extended my hat to the good people at Stern. You know, I'm commenting on, on their, their their Facebook pages and stuff like, hey, you know, Jack Dage is going to be there. You know, it sure would be terrible if, if you guys invited me there too. You know, you know, just to get like the average man's perspective. Um, I, and I think there's some utility to that, to seeing, you know, what a good player can do with your game and then what like a, an exceedingly average player can be like. So it can help folks relate. By far, most people are not really above average at playing pinball that own games at home. And that's OK, because we all have really a lot of fun with them. Um, you know, I can put up big scores, too. I just may have to change the game to five balls instead of three in order to still have that same level of enjoyment still get that same level of code progression and mode progression into the game. Um, and I don't think that that's a bad thing. It's like a handicap. You know, you, you, it levels the playing field a bit. Uh, like when you used to play with your kid's sister in Mortal Kombat and, you know, you would set your life bar to only half of a full one and she got a full one. And then that way, you know, you, you weren't totally just trashing a seven-year-old. She, you know, had a shot to kick your butt by button mashing, you know, or what have you. So it, it's kind of like an equalizer there. And I think that's okay to do. You know, I know the purist in me wants to keep it straight stock, leave the outposts up, three balls, and it's just going to be brutal. But then you find, you know, you're not seeing as much of the game as you could, and you're not getting as much of enjoyment out of the thing you bought that you otherwise could. So I've gone on certain games, and for certain periods of time, especially when I'm learning them, to go ahead and set the balls high. Shoot, put the put Godzilla on 10 balls and just have fun with it and see how many monsters you can destroy. You'll see modes that you never get to on a three-ball game. And sure, the, the tournament people will look at you sideways, but they're in a different reality than we are. And so to them, that's absurd. But you know, to us, the way they play is amazing and, and completely out of our grasp. So I think it's okay to do that. Um, uh, rambling on a bit here, man. It's, it's, it's been a week. Uh, and so that's Jaws. Um, I, I think the premium... Um, it looked fine, but yeah, I've got some caveats with it. I think the LE looks amazing. Um, I think it's going to shine um, on it, uh, when you look, see it in person. You know, Venom LEs does that too. It looks like a great game. Um, you know, it doesn't have the gameplay that suits everybody, and I think the secondary market is showing that. What's the secondary market on Jaws LE going to be? I think it's going to maintain a pretty high quality. Um, you get that shooter rod. You get the armor. Uh, you get the powder coach. You get the expression uh, what do they call them? Uh, Backbox lights. They have another name for it. Uh, expression spotlights. Anyway, uh, the colors of, of the, the the speaker lights, the speaker grill lights, interact with the game, much like the expression lights do on the music pins. 
I love that. Um, I wish that was available like as a kit from Stern. Maybe we'll see that down the road. I would like to see them offer uh, that shooter rod. I like that they're launching a game. There's already at least one of the accessories ready to go. Maybe the speaker lights will be another accessory available to other trim levels. I think that would be a definite win. Um, and I think, uh, you know, if the topper comes out in the next three to six months, I think win all around. Um, and then let's look forward to the next turn cornerstone. So I still would be interested in Jaws at some point. I really can't wait to go play it. Um, and I think, uh, the way things are going, pros are going to start getting on location fairly quickly. And so we'll all be able to do that. And I think that would be exciting. If you want to get yourself a pro, go ahead and email, uh, Jeff at madpinball.com. He's got spots available. He's hitting me up. He's like, I know I couldn't get a, a premium for you. Um, and, and part of that is because I wasn't ready to commit at the time that he had him. So no, no problems there. But he's like, if you want pros, I got them. So that's his email address. Tell him I said, what's up, dude. He's good for pinball. He loves pinball as much as I do. Um, and, and he's not the worst looking guy ever. So do yourself a favor and just give him a holler. Give him a holler. Um, what else do we got? We got some pinball podcast news from Don. I have been busy in the mod chamber, cranking out some stuff. Now, much like a, uh, a, a musician when he starts his career, uh, he or she, uh, it plays cover bands, songs, right? You know, shows up to the bar and plays songs people already know. You know, just to get out there and get practice and kind of level up performing. And then as time goes on, you refine your own craft and then go off on your own. Um, so I'm at the stage where I'm finding, you know, 3D models. I'm learning the modeling program. Um, I'm trying to kind of reverse engineer how people ended up where they did and, and learn some of that process. So I'm standing on the shoulders of the giants that preceded me, and I'm coming up with some some modifications uh, as a starting point and then turning them kind of into my own. And I'm offering up my experiments that I'm doing here at home uh, to the community at low prices. So check out my Pinside store. It's at Pindon, P-I-N-D-O-N. Um, I've got some VODs for uh, Elvira's House of Horrors up there. Uh, my Rush mod is being sold exclusively through the games people. Uh, you can find that on Cointaker. Um, and this is the Rush Drumsticks mod that I kind of also uh, saw what was out there, came up with my own simplified version of it and put it out there. Learned a lot. Um, I've got a new mod uh, coming out hopefully this Friday, definitely this weekend. So bookmark that site, check it out. Follow the Facebook page for Don's Pinball Podcast because it'll go up there as soon as it's public, and I think it may be soon. I'm just waiting for a few more resources to finish building up my supply because if this thing takes off like I think it will, especially at the price point that I'm offering it, I'm going to be stuffing a lot of bubble envelope mailers and sending them out, and I think people are really going to appreciate this. Um, you know, Those people on Patreon have already seen it. Um, some of the people on my higher level of Patreon have already received it. Uh, um, and, and are really, uh, you know, getting it and, and giving me good feedback. And the early feedback is that this thing kicks serious butt. And I, I'm, I'm enjoy, I'm overjoyed with how it came out. So I can't wait to reveal that later. Um, uh, but, but that is coming this weekend. Follow the Facebook page. You'll see it first. Um, and then I should, by that point, have enough of them built up that if you order it, it could ship same day. Uh, so that will be fun and exciting. Did I have anything else? Um, whoa. I, I just got out of uh, where I was supposed to be at. There we go. Back in here. And uh, there we go. Patreon bonus offers. Right. So I started a Patreon um, earlier in the year uh, just as a virtual tip jar. You know, uh, I was getting a lot of feedback from people. They, they really liked what I was doing. They liked the content. They liked the, the frequency that I come out with. You know, something you can listen to in the car. Something you can walk the dog and listen to. Mow the lawn. You know, plow the back nine. You know, add your own euphemism. And they were like, you know, can we just kick you a couple of dollars or a couple of stars or anything? And starting out on Facebook and with Facebook Lives, you can't collect stars yet until you build up to a certain level, like a thousand followers, which I'm now 20 people away from. By the way, please follow. I'm almost there. Um, 
So I was like, here, here, let me throw my hat down. Just throw five bucks in there. You know, buy me a couple games of Godfather and a root beer. You know, that's what that was for. And people joined it. And then we, we, uh, we built it and we have a discord now. So we interact more on there. People were asking for more benefits, more higher tiers. So I added two more levels. I added a producer level at $20 a month that gets you into the exclusive discord and allows you to have a tangible voice in how the podcast develops. Uh, when it comes to, you know, mods that are being released, prices that are going to be released. That's all on there. Uh, my Patreon members get 20% off in the web store for mods. That's new. That's coming out. Um, I'm also making those stern backer plates, those, those little, uh, 3d print plates that they go behind your pro premium and le badge on your game if you're a patreon member not only do you get free stickers whenever you want them um, but you also get some of them too if you want them and so i've already had people happily reaching out for those i'm printing them like crazy and mailing them out happy to do it you know one of those will fit in a standard envelope it's under an ounce i can send it out with a stamp um, and it's fun for me so uh i'm just trying to just trying to think of what i can do to give back to the people that are you know investing in me and you know happily you know, pulling off a couple of greenbacks and saying like, you know, I like what you do and I want to encourage you because I want you to keep to keep it going. So that's what fuels me. That's what keeps that going. So I want to share that with you guys. I've have more ideas for things to do. The Patreon members get in on the bi-monthly giveaway. Last month we gave away a Godzilla banner, an official Godzilla banner from Stern. Um, uh, that, that went out to a lucky drawing that we had. Um, if you're a Patreon member, you get uh, an entry into that drawing every two months for something cool, like a translator, a banner, or something some, something awesome. Um, the more stuff I get, the more I'm able to give away. Um, if you're at the higher levels, uh, the $10 level and up, you get two entries every two months. So double your chances right there. Five extra dollars a month, and you're, you're, you, you increase your chances by 100%. Um, over where you were before on winning some really cool stuff. So that's fun. I'm always coming up with new ideas. I've got a, a panel of producers now, and we're brainstorming cool things to do. Uh, we have a booth coming up, hopefully, hopefully a TPF. It's almost finalized. It's almost there. But then uh, that'll allow me to do even more fun stuff and a place to do my giveaways and, and raffles and, uh, you know, bring out my, my discount mods and everything for everybody and 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 slap babies and, and kiss grandmas and all those other things that I love to do that I would probably be doing anyway, but we could all do it together. Um, at the same spot. What else do we got for you guys today? I think that may be about it. Please always email at donspinballpodcast at gmail.com. It's a great way to get a uh, hold of me. Also, the Facebook page, dude, follow it. 20 away from 1,000. We're almost there. I get a whole ton of analytics that open up, even more ways to interact. It's going to be great, man. We're going to build this whole online community and keep kicking butt. Shout out to everybody else out there that's making something fun for somebody else. And everyone else is just, you know, decent in life. Later.